Okay, let's begin this year's discussion of Parshas Vayigash, Tavshin Ayin Vav. Uh, we are in the post-Chanukah now um, time period, and we get into Vayigash, and we start off with the Lubavitcher Rebbe about the name of the Parsha, as he likes to comment on the name Vayigash. Hagasha, coming close, one of the more exciting Parshios that we have. Uh, Yosef's revelation to his brothers, Yehuda standing up for his brother. And let's see what the Lubavitcher Rebbe has to say about the name Vayigash. Source number one. The words Yehuda approach, Vayigash Elav Yehuda, describes an occurrence which took place in three different worlds. We have to understand the first word of the Parsha, says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, in three realms. Three realms. <laughs> and as we will see, these three realms are not only about the Pasuk and the Parsha, but really the world that we live in today. He says, number one, the perceived reality. There is a certain perception about what the reality is. And that's exact. What was the perceived reality? There were brothers who did not know this Egyptian ruler, no connection between them, fighting for their lives, fighting to save their youngest brother. That was the perceived reality. Yehuda was approaching the viceroy of Egypt who was capable of deciding the future of Yehuda and his entire family. That was the perceived reality. That's what it looked like to the Egyptian court. That's what it looked like to the brothers themselves. And that's what the only one who did not realize that or knew better was, of course, Yosef. But that was the perceived reality. That's one level. Then we have, on the second level, B, the reality, the actual reality. What really was it? It was brothers talking to each other. Yosef was in charge, right? The brothers thought that they were in a bad space, but Yosef was in charge. That the viceroy of Egypt was none other than Yosef, Yehuda's brother. That was the reality, not just the perceived reality. And finally, says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, based on Midrashim, there is the third level, <laughs> the mystical reality. Yehuda approaching Yosef represents a Jew approaching God in prayer. The Medrash tells us, Rashi quotes part of it, Vayigash Elav, Hagasha Litfila. As he was approaching Paro, it was also approaching at the same time, on a deeper level, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Yehuda, davening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that everything should work out with the present situation. So, says Lubavitcher, Vayigash can be understood on three levels. The perceived reality, what it looks like from the outside, the actual reality, what it was, the brothers and Yosef, and finally the mystical reality. Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, there is a principle that all the interpretations to any given Pasuk, all the Pshatim are all connected. In our case, the perceived reality is that Am Yisrael, Yehuda is, we are B'nai Yehuda, we are Yehudim. He was the one that went and symbolized all of us. The perceived reality is that Am Yisrael are in Galus and are subjugated to the Gentile nations. That's what we feel. That's what we think about as we go through this long Galus of 2,000 years. That is the perceived reality. But at root, what is the actual reality? Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe. In truth, however, the Jewish people are impervious to exile and they have the ability to rise above it. Rather like the reality in our Parsha where the brothers feel like they're in Galus but really... Their brother is in charge. And their brother could decide everything just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu could decide our fate at any moment in time. The perception is that we are subject to all the other nations and all the other powers and to UN resolutions and everything that the world tells us. That's the perceived reality. But the actual reality is HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Avinu Malkeinu. 
How does a Jew muster the strength and the courage to lift himself from the perceived reality to the reality? The answer is via three. The mystical reality, which we just said, is the Koach of Tefillah. Through the Koach of Tefillah, which Vayigash, Hagashel Tefillah, which Yehuda uh, symbolized, that inner bond with HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us the ability to, even in our state, we can recognize and perceive our connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu out of this Gullus, beyond where we are, and go from the perceived to the real through the Koach HaTfilah. That is what the Lubavitcher Rebbe tells us about the first word in our parsha: Vayigash, Vayigash, I love Yehud. Okay, so now we move on to the parsha. If we remember, the end, the, we're in the middle of a conversation. Right, this could be the only parsha that ends in the middle of a conversation. Yehuda, if we remember, in the end of the last um, parsha, if you look at the end of me case, we have Yehuda talking on behalf of his brothers, and Yosef says, what you do? The end of me case. Pazik Tesvav. Ma asisem. What exactly were you thinking? Halo kamoni. You know that I have my secret ways to know what's going on. Vayomer Yehuda. What does Yehuda say at the end of Miketz? Manomer ladoni. Manadaber umanis tadak. What can we say? We're speechless. We have nothing to say. Ha'elokim matza esavon avadecha. God, Hashem's in charge. He brought this upon us. Hinenu avadim ladoni. We are your servants. Gamanachnu. Not only Binyamin, we're all your servants. Yosef says, Chas v'shalom. I would never take you all. I just want the boy. I just want Binyamin. That's all I want. Parsha ends. So what was Yehuda's state in the end of the Parsha? Parsha's Miketz? We're helpless. We have nothing to say. We, we, I, I, we're, we, I don't know what to do. tell you, Yosef. I don't know what to tell you, old great Viceroy of Egypt. All of a sudden, it's the same. For us, it's been a week. But this is the same conversation. All of a sudden, Yehuda has a different tone in his voice. Vayigashi love Yehuda vayomer. Yehuda says, "Wait a minute, biadoni. Let me let me tell you one of the great uh, monologues in the entire Tanakh, right here at the beginning of Vayigash. Let me talk. Do not be angry." And we know he spoke to him even harshly, even hinting at threats. Uh, we could take you down. We could take care of ourselves. Right, you're nothing. Right, the Rashi in the beginning of the Parsha discusses, Diber, a love, Kashos. You asked, and this, Asher Schwab, what happened? What flipped? What switched? At the end of Miketz, it's the same conversation Yehuda is expressing helplessness. He's expressing, I don't know what to tell you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did this. We're in this difficult situation. And I, I can't explain, I can't tell you what, what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, at the beginning of Ayigash, we have a different Yehuda. We have Yehuda who's taking center stage. We have Yehuda who is, is demanding, not only requesting, and not only pleading, but demanding for his rights. What changed? Ask Rabbi Schwab, source number two. 
Rashi, Diber Elav Kashos, Hine, Kol Halomit Parshazu, Yitma, Hare Mikodim, Amar Yehuda, earlier in the same conversation, Yehuda says, Manomer Ladoni, Manadabro, Manistatog, what are we supposed to do? Hine, no Avadim, we'll just be your servants. Shediber Bahachna, Ubishiflis Ruach, he speaks lowly of spirit, Umazev Almazesh, a pitom, Azarki Gibor Chalasov, Fechinet Atzmola Melchamim Yosef. He, he girded himself with strength and all of a sudden he comes to Yosef and he comes close to him. Says the Mayan Beis HaShoeva that he heard from Rav Bloch from Tells. Shemizeh Roim Godel Inyan Kabbalah Sachrayis. It's all about the mentality. It's all about my state. The second I decide to do something, the second I take upon myself in all, a burden in the best way possible, not a, 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 a good burden. Once I take responsibility, then everything changes. Not only do I change, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives me hidden kochos that I might not have even known that I had before. Says Rav Schwab, Shemizeroim, the second that Yehuda said, I'm taking responsibility for Binyamin. I'm standing there, I'm the one. Ki aray v'shanar. I said I'm taking care. Sh'ayyadeshin iskar Yehuda. Sh'kiba olav achrayis. L'hachzer binyamin la'aviv. The second that Yehuda mentioned, remember that. And he says, Ki avdecha arav v'shanar. Like last week, Anochi erevenu miyadi tevakshenu. Nishchadish bilvavo ometz ruach. V'kochos chadashim shalohayu bo mikotem. All of a sudden, Yehuda is a different person. The second that he says, this is what I need to do. This is what I want to do, all of a sudden. He's different. All of a sudden, hidden powers, hidden talents and strengths and abilities that he didn't, might not have even realized he had. They come, they come alive. And he speaks in, in harsh terms. Because right when he accepted the responsibility and he knew what he had to do, he had a rut zone that he could, he could fly. He could go far. Because he decided that this is what he wants to do, and this is what he needs to do. Vidon minal inyan kabbalas al mitzvos. And says Rav Schwab, we could generalize this idea and this message when it comes to any area of avodas Hashem. Sometimes we're lackadaisical and we're not so into it. We think we can't do it. We this, we that, and then all of a sudden, we should and we need to make a decision. We need to say, I need to do this. I'm going to do it. And all of a sudden. Unbelievable reservoirs of strength come to our abilities. Right when he accepted it, all of a sudden, Hakadosh Baruch Hu helps him out because so much in life is the decision, is the rut zone is the desire, is the mentality, this is what I want to do. Once we do that, so then the rest is, the rest is secondary. So often in life we give up before we even got to the, came, we, 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 we don't even go to the plate. We just give up, we don't think it's possible. We just say, forget it. It's not worth it. It's, no. It's all about the rut zone. It's all about Yehuda all of a sudden had the rut zone to help, to stand up, and he was able to do it. And that applies, says Rav Schwab, to mitzvos in general. It's all about our rutzon. What's heard from one of my rebbeim that uh, 
Many years ago, he went to the stipler. Went to the stipler for a bracha. And first he asked for a right here, he was newly married, so first he asked for a bracha for, uh, to have children, so he gives him a bracha to have children, wonderful, and then he asked for a bracha for Shalom Bayis, he said, bracha for Shalom Bayis, good, then he says, a bracha for Aslach and learning, he says, I'm not giving you a bracha for that. He says, that's nothing to do with a bracha, you just have to work hard. If you decide you want to do it, and you want to work at it, then you're going to have Aslacha. There's no, there's no, there's no, you don't need for a bracha, and a bracha doesn't help. Because it's all about the decision, it's up to you. It's not up to me, said the stipler. I can't give you a bracha. It's all about the decision, because once we decide that we want to do something, and we need to accomplish this, so then unbelievable powers are, are given to us that were always there in the first place. I didn't give it to you. I should have, but it was after the sheet was already made. Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, in one of the Sichos Musr, we'll have another one later in this year, Bez Hashem, but he writes in the Mimer titled Yichad Lev, it's Maimer Lamed Beis in, in, the, uh, in the new Sefer. He says we find this by Yaakov Avinu more than once. We know the Rashi at the beginning of Parshas Vayetze. What does Rashi say there? Vayishkav HaMakomahu. He slept in that spot. What does Rashi say? Because he hadn't slept in 14 years. He didn't sleep. Only there finally he slept. So what does that mean? What, there was a miracle? There was a miracle. He didn't sleep. You can't, you can't go, the Gemara says, you can't go three days without sleeping. So what does that mean? Generally, we don't, right? Miracles didn't happen all the time for the Avos. So you can say this is a miracle. Says Rebbe Chayim I don't think it was a miracle. It means he didn't sleep a Kavua sleep for 14 years. He dozed here, he dozed there, but he never really slept because he was driven. He was on fire. And if somebody's driven on on fire, so then they could do unbelievable accomplishments. Even if they didn't realize it, you just have to have the drive, like Yehuda had. And then Rav Chaim Shmulevitz says, and we don't find, we don't only find this here. This power is in each and every one of us. Let's say is a fire. Sometimes you find human beings are able to do out-of-the-ordinary, extraordinary acts. Running in, breathing, carrying. There's a car that's pushing against somebody. Somebody's trapped and stuck. You could push the car. What about push the car? There are stories. Somebody pushes the car. Because ain't braver, because it's something that I need to do. It's something that I want to do, and once I feel that way, I can accomplish anything. You get unbelievable strength. And you find this by Yaakov Avinu as well, when he sees Rachel Imenu. He sees Rachel, he sees the rock on the, on the well. I need, I need to be able to, to marry this woman, whatever he sees in the future. The shepherds couldn't get the rock off. Yaakov Avinu, like nothing, like pushing a bottle cap off, because he had the rutzon. He had the koach, says of Chaim Shmulevitz, and that is what is needed. And just finally, also, I'm sorry, I didn't give it to you, but there's a story that's told about the rugged shaver, the rugged shaver at the Levaya of the Meshachachma, right, the two greats in Dvinsk. The Meshachachma was the chief rabbi, the more formal, the rugged shaver was the Rosh Hashiva, of Yosef Rosen. So at the Levaya of Yosef, the rugged shaver said as follows, it's quoted in the Sefer Sheifos. He says, shaladam. When there's a fire in a house, and there's a danger. Sakana is right, everybody, for the property, 
misgalim etzlo kochos altivim vizrizos niflash lo nirubo adaz. Sometimes we find people do unbelievable things when there's a danger. Vahakol mitoch aratzon achazak. It's because there's a fire inside that I have to save. I have to save my family. I have to save this. I have to save that. Says says the, said the rugged shaver. It's not a new koach. It's in us all the time. We just don't use it. We don't tap into all the energy that we have. But it's always there. Koach zeh nimsa eitzel ha'adam kolazman. Elisha bedera klal ha'adam eno manatzalos kochosav. We don't use the kochos. Lefichach chachem redumim. That's why they're they're latent. Ve'enam yotzim in ha'koach ha'lapowal. And they don't, they're not brought out to fruition. Said the Ragachavar, the Arsameach was on fire his entire life. Every second he was on fire. I have to learn. I have to accomplish. I have to create. There was a fire. If there's a fire, you're, you're, we're, we, we don't, we're not tired if there's a fire, right? We, we don't get sleepy if there's a fire. Nothing. Because there's a fire. Eitzel Sameach, Tamid Isa Doleka Srefa, Tamid Bara Bo Avas Atora Lolo Shior, Lefichach, Kol Yom Vayom, Gila Baatzmo Kochos Chadashim. Every day, the Meshachachma, the Arsameach, Never stopped. Hosef l'gadabatora u'lachalish b'chidushim nifloim hakol mikoach ha'esh. The kochos were are always there within us. It's just up to us to tap in. This is Rav Schwab's message about Yehuda. What changed? He realized that he has ein breira. He realized I have to stand up for Binyamin. But Rav Schwab says it applies to all mitzvahs Hashem. Okay, moving right along. Maybe the most famous pasuk in the entire parsha. Yosef can't hold back anymore. Velo yachol Yosef lehitapek. Yosef can't hold back. Lachol I need savim alav. Vayikra hotziu kolish mealai. I need some privacy with these people. Velo amadish ito beisvada Yosef alachav. There was nobody there when he revealed himself. Vayom Yosef alachav. Ani Yosef haod avi chai. I am Yosef. Is my father still alive? Which we've discussed at length in past years. That cannot be. According to Pshut Shomikra, it can't be a question. That's what that, there's so many, the Beis Alevi and the Nitziv and others. It can't be a question. First of all, because he already was told in the previous parsha that his father was alive. Second of all, right after this question, without getting an answer, he says quickly, go up and bring our father down from Canaan. Bring, bring him from Canaan. So he knew. So obviously these three words are not meant to be a question. It's meant to be some type of message. Ani Yosef And the Pasuk tells us, The brothers couldn't answer. Couldn't answer. The uncle says, They were shocked. They were confused. They couldn't answer. Rashi says two words. Mipnei habusha. They were embarrassed. That's how we usually translate busha. Embarrassed. So they weren't embarrassed up until now. The whole process, they weren't embarrassed. They didn't have busha. What exactly is the midah of busha? We know the Gemara tells us in Yevamos, David HaMelech declared, after the story with the Givonim, and they didn't show any, showed any Rachmanus, on the, on the descendants of Shol HaMelech, that every Jew is identifiable with three Midos. Rachmanim, Baishanim, Vigomle Chasadim. Right? The Rashi Tevas Chaver. 
Right? That's chasadim, baishanim, and rachmanim. So, we know rachmanim, compassionate, go and play chasadim. What's baishanim? What, we're embarrassed? Obviously, it doesn't mean embarrassed there, because... What, what do we? What Jews are always embarrassed? No, Busha has to have a different translation there, right? Busha, Bnei Yisrael felt Busha at the time of Maimon Har Sinai, the end of Parshas Yisrael. So, what exactly does Busha mean? Says Rav Yerucham in his classic style, source number nine. We have to understand what's Busha to then understand what the brothers felt like at this moment when Yosef finally revealed himself. Pirish Rashi Bnei Abusha, source three. I have to explain it. Up until this moment, they didn't feel Busha. For the past 22 years, did they ever feel bad about what they did? Did they ever think maybe what we did wasn't wrong, was wrong? Maybe he wasn't a Rodef. Maybe he had something with his dreams. Did they ever think that? Well, they never reached the stage of Busha because that's only right here. So what is it? What is Busha then? Busha is not what we usually translate it as. Somebody sees me in a compromising situation, so I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. That's not busha. That's embarrassed in English. But that's not busha. And even how the Gemara Babakama uses it that you have to pay for busha, that doesn't mean the busha that's meant here. Nezek, Tsar, Ripu, Sheves, Boshes. Might not mean the same thing. It doesn't mean the same thing here. Loka busha azos tedame al ashvatim. Shifteka. Elokim heima. We can't say that the brothers had the what we would say, embarrassed now in front of Yosef. These are the Shifte Kadar on the Choshen. B'nai Elyon Kulam. V'lo Kadam Tadamo Samkla. We can't compare ourselves to them. So what is Busha? Busha is a positive trait. Like the Gemara says, we're by Shanim. We got it at our Sinai. So what is it? Ela inyana busha himita kadosha kechala midos akadoshos ashemi makarta har yahalechun busha comes from a, a, a pure source hasagasenu aflo masigosa ubahuchtra zera avram avinu all the children of avram avinu have it inside by shanim him baatzmusam by busha real busha has nothing to do with anybody else I can feel busha when I'm alone in a room. So how do you feel busha? So what does it mean? Midas habusha belevu beetzemhi haadam mispayesh mipnei atzmo birosoes chesronosav shalo viafim zulaso lo yadam klal. Even if it is a private, secret recognition, busha means that I recognize that I'm not perfect. Busha means that I realize I'm so far from where I want to be. That's ultimate. We might call it meek. We might call it self-awareness, self-recognition of my chesronos. That's busha. I'm embarrassed, you might say, of myself because I'm not where I want to be. We all have that power. Sometimes we feel it when we're near a great person. We feel very small. Why do we feel small? Right, when we're near sometimes our, our rebellion or next to a gadol, 
We just feel small. Why do we feel small? It's this mita of, wow, look where they are and look, look where I am. Nobody's, everybody's looking at me. Nobody knows what I'm thinking inside, what I'm feeling, but that's busha. I don't have to turn red to experience true busha. And busha is a good thing. Baishanim is one of the three midos. Vumayimah Hanavi is what Yermio says. Boshti v'gam nechlamti ki nasasi cherpas nu'urai. I, I have a recognition. I, I'm embarrassed, for lack of a better word, in front of God. What do you mean? Hashem knows everything. He knew last week what I did, and now that I recognize what I did, nothing changed, mitzad Hashem, but the answer is it changed mitzad me. That's what busha is. And that's what he says in the next paragraph. What it says in the first parak in brachos. If somebody does an Avera and feels Busha about it, what does Busha mean? Not in front of anybody else, in front of me or in front of, in front of Hashem. I get Mechila. And he goes through the uh, other elements of where else do you see where Busha is. He says, and maybe that's the message here. The famous Medrash on the Pasik, which again the Beis Halevi made famous, line 24, Abakoin Bardala Omer, Oilo Yomadin, Oilo Yomamatochecha, woe is us! Woe to us! Why? Yosef was the smallest, the youngest of the Shvatim, and when he said something to the brothers, they couldn't answer him. Kalvachomer, and we have to stand in front of the Melech Malchiam Lachim, and Hashem asks us, Haoda Vichai, which you can say, Alderat Rush, he, he's our father. I'm still alive in your hearts. Right? That's the Musa that we're going to get. He says, how are we going to be able to answer? How are we going to feel? Bahala, we're going to feel Busha then. That's the Busha because we're going to realize where we could be and where we are. Says Rav Chayesh I'm sorry, says Rav Yerucham. That is, that's the state that was felt and they only truly felt it now. Along the way, they felt Busha maybe a little bit about some details. They didn't have Rachmanis. They didn't this, they didn't, but they still felt that Yosef deserved it. Only now. Only at this moment of revelation. The last paragraph. They thought that they were correct. They judged him. Whenever everything happened, they kept saying, we're ashamed because he cried out to us, but they didn't go to the root. They said we did something wrong, okay, but they didn't feel a lack. They didn't feel like like internally missing. And I, I says says the Rav Yerucham, Only now they felt it. They realized they were totally off. They realized that so much. Through the Hiskalos, we have to realize this. And ends Rabbi Yerucham with two words, Ayom Venora. We have to realize this message. We have to realize, and sometimes it's a good thing to feel it. Sometimes when we're davening and we feel small in our own eyes, in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that's a positive. We have to use that to inspire ourselves. We have to use that to perfect ourselves. But that's true busha, which we shouldn't shy away from. Yes, being embarrassed. We don't want to be embarrassed. But that's amongst others. But for ourselves, we all have to try to achieve, at some points, the Midah of Busha. Okay. Let's continue. 
So Yosef reveals himself to his brothers. They can't answer. Let's continue now. Come close to me. They came close. The Medjur says. He showed him that he also had a bris Right? I am Yosef. Don't worry. We'll get back to that. It's been two years. Another five years. Hashem sent me here. Hashem sent me here. Quickly, go up. Go up to... Abba, go up and, and bring him down. Talking, 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 until finally, he gives Binyamin a hug. That's the first. The first brother that he touches, right? They're talking, and finally, Pasig Yudalad, Vayipol, it's mamish, the raw emotion. You have to try to get into the Parsha. Rev. Salvechik said, there's two experiences. When you're Mavr Sedju with Chumash and Rashi, that's an intellectual pursuit, they have to try to understand. But when you hear the Parsha on, on Shabbos, you just got to get into the story. Just let it, let it, let, let yourself jump in and experience it and be there. Vayipol, after the discussions, Vayipol al Tzavarei binyamin achiv, Vayefk. And he cries. Ubinyamin bach al Tzavarav. And then, Vayinashik l'kolecha, Vayefk alehem. And then he cries amongst others. But binyamin, not, there was nothing like that hug. That hug between Binyamin and Yosef. 22 years. Binyamin told him, if you remember, last Parsha, his 10 sons were named after Yosef. Mukbim, Chupim, Ard. They're all about Yosef. What kind of bond they had. What kind of bond they had. They didn't have a mother. But they have this bond. Rashi. We know Rashi tells us, what were they crying about? So if you would have asked us, they were crying because they were crying, like any of us would have been crying. No? Chazal say there was something deeper here. What were they crying about? Oh, Yosef was crying for the Bate Mikdash that were going to be in the Nachla of Binyamin. We know Binyamin and Yehuda, the border, Yerushalayim was right on the border, and the entire Mizbeach, the entire, that whole section of the, the uh, Kodesh Kodashim was all in shape of Binyamin. So Yosef was crying. Oh, I, I see the Bate Mikdash. And Binyamin was crying for Yosef. Why? Because Yosef in Yosef's Nachla, Ephraim, was Mishkan Shiloh, which was going to be Nechrav. Daron was going to be taken after 369 years. So they were both crying. Why were they crying about this right now? Why did Chazal uproot the Pashtus? The Pashtus makes a lot of sense. They were crying because they loved each other and they missed each other. And what does it say here? They were crying for the Beis HaMikdash. Why? There are many Rashis that jump out at us in this parsha. Yaakov cried. He was saying Kriyashma. Saying Kriyashma. Great time to say Kriyashma. Right when you meet Yosef. Discussed that in past years. But he, why were they crying with the base of Mikdash and the Mishkan? Says one of the Rebbes. Look in source number five. Yagdol Torah. First it goes to Sfas Emes. We're going to skip the first part. Says Rebbe Cheskel Mikuzmir. No, th- this was deep. This cry. This was deep, and this cry was even trying to be masaking something in the future. Dafka. They were crying for the Beis HaMikdash. And it's interesting, this is the last year before next week, I saw Batavis, I'll mention this now. I think the Chassam Sofer, I think the Chassam Sofer, I don't remember, one of the Achronims suggests, we know, 
almost all of the fast days have a chait that is at the root of that fast day. So you know, of course, Tishabav, the root of Tishabav is the chait of Maraglim. Right, they came back, the Gemara tells us in Sota and in Tainus, they came back on Tishabav, and Hashem says, you want something to cry about? I'll give you something to cry about. So Tishabav, Miraglim. Shabbat Sabatamuz, Chet Egel. Shvir Saluchos, happened on Shabbat Sabatamuz. Asar Bateves. What's the root of Asar Bateves? Right, the siege. What was the Chet that it goes back to? So, I think it was the Chassam Sofer, if not, one of the other acronyms suggest... Mechiris Yosef. Mechiris Yosef happened on Asar Bateves. Meaning, the beginning of the process of Churban Abayas was Mechiris Yosef, meaning Sinaschina. Right? The sibling rivalry, the hatred, that was the root of the problem of the beginning of the process. That idea fits in very nice. And that's why, always around Asar Bateves, these are the Parshias we are reading. We're reading the Parshias of Mechiris Yosef. And, I think also at the Chassam Sofer, that every year, every year on Asar Bateves, we mentioned this in past years, every year on Asar Bateves is when Hashem decides whether there's going to be a Tisha B'Av that summer. Because Asar Bateves is the beginning of the process. That was the siege. Months later, when Tisha B'Av happens, Hashem's going to decide next week, this week, is there going to be a Tisha B'Av or is Tisha B'Av going to be a Yantif this year? That's going to be decided now. Why? Because this is the root. Says the Rebbe, Yosef and Binyamin realize what this whole time period was about, what the root chait was. That's what it means. They cried for the Bate Mikdash. They cried for Shiloh. Because the roots of those sins, why were they destroyed? Because of what just happened now. They realize it's history over again. Mechiris Yosef, Bnei Yisrael, Sinas Chinam, second base Amigdash. So they cried. But why did they cry? They cried for each other. They didn't cry for themselves. It doesn't say that Binyamin cried because he saw the Bati Amigdash. And Yosef, why did they cry for themselves? Why didn't Yosef cry for the Shiloh? I see, I'm going to have a Mishkan. Oh, it's going to be destroyed. Why did Binyamin cry for the base Amigdash? No, that's the point. They were Dafka crying for the other one. Because they were trying to implant in their children, you got to cry for each other. That's how you're Masakin. That's how you bring brothers back together. That's how you have a base of Migdash that gets rebuilt. You see all the destructions that come because of it. Everyone cried for their brother. They cried for each other. To teach all of us. I'm going to cry for you. It's even worse. And it's not just in the, in the pain. It's the opposite too. What does the Gemara say in Brachas? Beautiful connection. The Gemara says, If anybody goes to a wedding and makes a chasen and kala happy, it's as if you, you rebuilt 
one of the destroyed areas of Yerushalayim. What is the connection between dancing at a wedding and rebuilding Yerushalayim? That's the point. Ava, Avas Yisrael. If the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed because of the Sinas Chinam, going to a wedding, being Mesameach with someone else, going to a Leviah, doing any of the mitzvos, that is Ki'ilu, that's one step back in the direction of Binyan Beis Hamikdash. Okay. Moving right along. So Yosef tells them to go back. And he tells them, go back and take Take for your father, take for our father, take everything, call to the Eretz Mitzrayim Lachemu. Take whatever you want, whatever you need, take. And what happens? By Yasekem B'day Yisrael, Yosef gives them Agalos, Seid Aladerech, he gives Binyamin more, that's Akasha, not for now. Let's read Pasach of Gimel. Pasach of Gimel, Ula Aviv, so he gives to all of them. He gives them Khalifos and Binyamin he gives more. And what he sent to Yaakov? Ula Aviv Shalach Kazos. And to, uh, to his father he sa- sent like this. Asarach Amorim, ten donkeys. Nosim Mituv Mitzrayim. Carrying all the great stuff of Mitzrayim. That's a lot of food for an old man. Right? Ten donkeys filled with all good stuff. The Asarasonos. And also ten Asonos. Other uh, animals, nos ozbar, valachem, umazon, laaviv, laderech. So, ten donkeys, ten asonos, food, mazon, for the father. Asks the Maharal in the Gurarye, there's one word that you could take out of this pasik, lichora, and the pasik would say the exact same thing. Ulaviv shalach, kazos. Asarach, alarim, etc. What's that word, kazos? He sent like this. Of course he sent like this. It's describing what he sent. What does that mean that he sent his father Kazos? Says the Gur Aryeh. Vikasha. Source number six now. Lo liftov Kazos. Veliftov ulo aviv shalach asarach amorim. Veyireli. Says the Maharal. A defining shot to the story. Again, others say it too, but he says it here in his beautiful way. Veyireli shapirish akasav Kazos. Dafka minyan hazeshalach. He sent kazos. He sent this specific amount. What did he send? Ten. Ten chamorim and ten asonos. Lo pachos velo yoter. That's what's being emphasized when he says he sent this. Ten of these and ten of those. Velo hayazen haminyan ba'akroi. And this wasn't a he just took a bunch. What do we got in there? Ten? Okay, send ten. No. He sent ten specifically. Ten donkeys specifically. Why? What's the message? Says the Maharal. Vizel, line six. Sheratza Yosef. Bemasha Shalach Yurchamorim Yurasonos. Kidei Shalo Yechos Aviv. Al Ha'achim Ha'asara Shemachruhu. Yosef is sending a message back to Yaakov. Yaakov, don't get upset at my brothers. Don't be upset that for the past 22 years they caused you so much pain. Don't. How does he express that? He sends 10 donkeys. 10, 10. The 10 brothers that sold me. This is assuming that Reuven took part. Okay? That's the, the footnote in Rabbi Hartman in source number 7. Was Reuven there? Reuven still uh, 
part of the story. He threw him into the pit, even though he didn't sell him. Okay, but ten, says the Maharal. Ten. Ten donkeys. Yaakov, all ten are in this. What do you mean a donkey? Let's continue for a moment. He says, Don't reject them. Don't think that they're not deserving. If a donkey's carrying a load, you ever go to the donkey and ask him what he's carrying? The donkey has no idea what's on his back. The donkey has no idea. It could be rocks, it could be heavy, it could be light. The donkey just goes. The donkey goes. Whatever the master says, the donkey goes. Says Yosef, in a larger way of looking at past history, the brothers were like ten donkeys. They were sent by Hashem to do what they did. And that's why I'm here, and now I'm taking care of you, and this is part of the larger beginnings of Jewish history, and Am Yisrael, and that's why don't be upset at them. Yes, they did what they did, and if they had Bechira Chavshis, yes. But from my point of view, says Yosef, and from your point of view, Yaakov, it was meant to be. It was meant to happen, and they're just like ten donkeys that came down. Hashem loaded them up. What a beautiful Lashon. Hashem loaded the brothers up. Yes, of course they had but it was part of the divine plan. Hashem was getting Yosef to Mitzrayim before the famine to be able to go down earlier. Lefichach, that's the kazos. Dafka, this amount was sent. Asarach hamorim no simi tuv Mitzrayim, and they carried the best of Egypt. What does that mean? Because now they're going to get the best of Egypt. They're going to be in Goshen. They're going to be taken care of. Veramas shal yedei hamachira hazos lemitzrayim yu ochlim kol tuv. Through this sale, they will be taken care of. Viu menatzlim es mitzrayim. And they will take out of Mitzrayim. They will do whatever they needed to do. They'll be Mepharnes, Vaharemes, skipping. As the Pazak said earlier, Says the Maharal, that's why ten, that's why donkeys. It's Dafka, a message that Yaakov Avinu was supposed to receive from Yosef. Yosef wanted to make sure Yosef had Sadik wanted to make sure that Yaakov is not upset at the at the brothers. Okay, moving right along. So what happens? They go back, they go back to Canaan and Vayagidul Olemar Od Yosef Chai. Yosef's still alive. His heart stopped. He he skipped a beat, Kilohem in Loham, he's like, I don't believe you. Skip the beat. Two of the most amazing moments in all of Jewish history. When Yosef tells his brothers and when they tell Yaakov. You can feel it. They tell him everything. And he sees the Agalos. And his soul, his spirit is awakened. One of the Agalos. Not for this year. All of a sudden... The name changes. Yisrael. As if now he is putting on his 
Av hat, not his personal father hat. Now he is the Av of the nation. Vayomer Yisrael, Rav, Od Yosef Benichai, my son is alive. Elcha ve'erenu b'terem amus. Let me go down so that I will see him before I die. And he gets down, he goes to Beersheba, he brings Karbanos, v'chulu. Ask Rav Mordechai Eliyahu, in the Divrei Mordechai, what is that word Rav? Picking up on different words, before we had Zos, what's the word Rav? Again, the Pasuk says, Yisrael says, my son's alive. He says, Rav, od Yosef ben Yichai. How do you translate that? Uh, right, uh, it's so much, it's so great. So he has a drush. A drush related to that word Rav. Lomrot, says the Divrei Mordechai, Lomrot, she Yaakov Avinu Shamas Divrei Banov. Even though Yaakov Avinu heard everything the brothers said. And he realized all the simanim and everything that Yosef sent. He's still not totally there. Who wrote, Yosef, I have to see him. I have to see it to believe it fully. What still did he need to see? Why did he have to have the re'iyah? Right, it is, there's something that still bothered him. What bothered him? The Chazal that we're familiar with, but he's going to bring it alive. When Yosef was sold, and the brothers brought back the ketones that was stained with blood... Kara esim losav. We know Yaakov Avinu tore his begadim. And he was mourning and mourning and mourning. He refused to be comforted. Why was it so hard for him to be comforted? So Rashi quotes, okay, because you're not comforted unless the person's dead. But Yaakov didn't know that. So why couldn't he be comforted? Why, why, why did he refuse? So he quotes from the Makubal. The name of the Talmud of the Ariyah Kaddish. You know why he was so upset? It wasn't Dafka because he was upset, obviously, be Yosef. But he could have gone beyond that. But he had a Misora, which Rashi quotes earlier also. Simen Maser Mipiagvura. I have a simen. I have a promise from Hashem. Imlo Yamos Echad Mibanai Muftachani Sheini Roagehenim. If all of my children follow the path of Hashem, I'm going to Gan Eden. That's my purpose in life. To build and to be mamid the shifteka. The twelve shvatim that are going to start Am Yisrael. That's my purpose. If I don't do that, says Yaakov, I have not fulfilled my purpose and I'm not going to Gan Eden. That's why he was so upset. Because what does it say in Tehillim? Ma Rav. We'll get back to that word. Ma Rav Tuvcha How great is the goodness that you have hidden for those who fear you. Olam Haba. That's why Yaakov Avinu never was comforted. Because he thought, he blew it. He thought that he lost the chance. Yosef wasn't here. And even though the Gemara says, he quotes, Moed Katan, if you, if a person is Miskash al Mesa Yosemi die, that it's terrible. We have to get, we have to move on, Rahman al even from tragedies. But Yaakov didn't stop. Why? Because it wasn't about the mace. It was about himself. It was about that he himself, he himself was in agony because he didn't fulfill his tafkid. That's what was, made him so upset for 22 years. 
I lost Yosef. My, my, my Rachel is not here anymore. My wives aren't of, of childbearing age. That's it. I'm finished. And now the brothers tell him, finally. Yosef is alive. Yaakov still is not totally convinced that he is now, he's now home free. What he was upset about and nervous and worried about was not only Yosef, which of course, maybe he thought Yosef died, but he was nervous and upset about his ruchnius, his future. And it's still in doubt because until he sees what spiritual state Yosef is in, he's not sure if he's there. Fine, Yosef's alive, but he's in Egypt. And he's the leader in Egypt. And he's the viceroy. Elcha ve'erenu. I need to go and I need to see him. Because I need to see what's going on in his spiritual state. And only then, once he comes down and sees him, so now he could, now he could be comforted. Suggest the Divrei Mordechai, that's the word in our Pasik. The Rav. Yeshua says, Rav! It's a reference to Olam Haba. Rav, I want my Rav back. I want my Olam Haba back. So Elcha I want to go down to see Yosef because in that way I'll be able to tell if I'm going. And that's what he says at the top of the next page, source number nine. He says he's. Menasheik, Umagala, finally he sees the love that he has and he's Moshel, but he's not only Moshel be Mitzrayim, he's Moshel be Yitzro. So then Yaakov Avinu is, is, uh, is comforted and then he says, okay, now I'm ready to, to move on. Okay, two more thoughts. Two more thoughts. Perak Memvav now. Perak Memvav, what happens on the way down to Mitzrayim, Yaakov Avinu stops in Beersheba. He has a night vision. We spoke uh, five, six years ago, the Meshachachma here. Yaakov Avinu is the only one of the Avos that has a night vision. Only Yaakov does. Yaakov, Yaakov, one of the four people in Tanakh that Hashem calls by their name twice. Yaakov, Yaakov. He says, I'm here. Hashem says, I'm going to give you a message before you go down to Mitzrayim. Don't worry. This is the beginning of it all. I'm going to make you a great nation. And I'm coming with you. Don't worry, Hashem says. I'm coming to Mitzrayim with you. And I'm going to come up with from you. I'm going to bring you down. I'm going to bring you up. I am with you. Don't worry. And Yosef will put his hand on your eyes. What does that mean? This is the message. Hashem tells him to psukim. You're going to be a great nation. I'm coming down with you and I'm coming up with you. Don't worry. And Yosef will put his hand over your eyes. And that's it. That's the end of the conversation. That's the end of the message that Hashem brings. So the simple interpretation of this Pasik is usually understood as Yosef's going to be in charge of your burial. When you die, Yaakov, Yosef will close your eyes. He'll take care of you when you die. That's how most understand this Pasik. Why is he telling them this then? Yaakov needs to hear this now. Hashem says, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going down with you. I'm coming up with you. He has to hear that Yosef is going to take care of him when he dies. Is that what's on his mind right now? Says the Tosefes Bracha. New set that uh, 
My Talmudim bore me this week, so I'm going to use it. Source number 10. The Tosefis Bracha says, Regidol Mohavin Lashon Zeh, Sheftichu HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem promised him, Ki Asher Yomuz Yashis Yosef, why is that so important? Said the Tosefis Bracha, no, no, no. There's a much deeper idea here. An amazing creative suggestion. Says the Tosefis Bracha. Step number one. Step number one, line 10. Ki ki adua, Hashem yad, levad ho ra'aso ha'atzmis. Besides hand, meaning literally hand, it can mean something else. Shetach hazroa imakaf, it means your hand. Mora od al sugura. It also, hand could also mean carrying out ideas, accomplishing something in life. Kamo yesh lekel yadi. Right, what does Lavan say? I could, I could kill you. Yesh lekel yadi. It's in my hand. My hand means I could accomplish something. Kochi v'otsim yadi. Asali yasachayel azet. Yad symbolize what I could actually accomplish. That's the hand. What is the eye? The eye is also a human eye. But there's also another idea of an eye. An eye could symbolize thoughts and plans. As it says, Hashem, light up our eyes with Torah. We say it every day. Our eyes light up? No, it means my thoughts, my plans. Says David HaMelech. Our eyes are our plans. That's step one. A hand can mean actually accomplishing. Our, uh, an eye can mean thoughts and plans and ideas. Step one. Step two. Throughout Yaakov's life, both in the Torah and especially in Midrashim, Yaakov always tried to make a difference in society wherever he was. He always tried to be a mashpia. Line 21. He always tried. He made marketplaces, he made bathhouses, he made tchumen. He always tried to help out wherever he was. He made takanis v'chulu. That's step two. Step three, says the Tosefis Bracha, the author of the Torah Tamima, Baruch HaLevi Epstein, says the Tosefis Bracha, let's go back to our Pasik. Yaakov Avinu is going to a new place now. He's going down to Mitzrayim. What must he be thinking? I'm an old man. What am I going to be able to accomplish there? How am I going to be able to affect society there? How am I going to, I'm going to have all these ideas and all these great things that I'm going to try to do? He doesn't even realize that when he goes there, the Nile, the famine's going to stop. That was the most amazing thing that he did. But maybe he's nervous. What am I going to be able to do there? Right? Well, when, when, when we get older, one of the great fears as the decades go on is that we still have to be productive. The second that we don't feel productive, then that's it. We don't feel the will to live anymore. We always, no matter how old, especially after retirement, we always have to feel that we're being productive. And that's what Yaakov was thinking. What am I going to do? How am I going to be? I have all these ideas. I can't carry it out. What does Hashem say? Yosef will put his hand on your eyes. What does that mean? Yosef will carry it out. He's your hand over your eyes, your ideas, and your thoughts. Because the hand is the, the hand of accomplishing and the eye is the eye of thoughts and ideas and plans. That's what the Pasuk means. Hashem is telling Yaakov, don't worry. 
Not about death, but about right now. The Yosef Yashis Yado Al Enech. Very creative, very creative shot. And finally, the last thought for the evening, we'll get back, as I mentioned, to Rav Chaim Shmulevitz. In a different Sicha, on the Sicha's Musr, source number 11 now. What happens? Parag Memvav, let's read the Pasuk. Let's read the Pasuk. Now towards the end of the Parsha, what happens? The final meeting. The final, how many emotional moments can we have in one Parsha? So we've discussed all of them. This is the third. First, Yosef revealing himself to his brothers, number one. Number two, the brothers telling Yaakov, Yosef's still alive. Now we're up to number three. Yaakov and Yosef meeting. Says the Pasuk, Chavtes. Vayesar Yosef Merkavdo. Yosef gets his chariot. Vayalagras Yisrael Aviv Goshna. Vayera Elav. He appears to him. Vayipol al Tzavarav. He falls on his neck. Vayevk al Tzavarav Od. And he cries on his neck. Harbo, Harbos Bebechia. What does Vayera Elav mean? He appeared to him. Yosef appeared to Yaakov. What does that mean? He appeared to him. They appeared to each other. They saw each other. The Pasuk says that Yaakov went and Yosef went and Yosef appears to Yaakov and then they fall on each other's necks. What is Vayera Elav? Says Rav Chaim Shmulevitz. Or first he quotes Rashi. Look at Rashi. Vayera Elav. Yosef Nira El Aviv. Yosef appears to his father. That's right. Who's the pro? Who's the noun? Who's the pronoun here? So Vayera Elav. Yosef Nira Elav. What's the message that Rashi is telling us? Yosef appears to Yaakov. Vehine, second to last line. Kishen is bonin be'inyin zenire. Kivadai. Az hayaritzono shal Yosef leroz hazaviv. Lachash leroz man korav. Imagine the desire and how much Yosef wanted to see his father and how much he yearns for this moment. And he had unbelievable love for his father. And he wanted so badly to come back to his father. Turning the page. But what was Yosef's kavana? When he finally met his father. The kavana was, I'm going to appear to my father. I'm not going to focus on myself. I'm going to focus on, on him. I'm going to focus on appearing to him, giving him the nachas. Giving him the joy and the comfort and everything he needed. Yosef didn't have to think this. Yosef could have done the same exact thing Without having this kavana vayere love, it's the same hug, it's the same action. But says Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, Yosef not only did the mitzvah, he perfected the mitzvah. He wanted to do it in such a mushlam, perfect way. Vayere love, line twelve. La ha'id bazeh ki al af shayeritzono as the roses aviv. There was nothing wrong with his feelings. He was able to channel all of his emotions to one Ratzon. What was it? To appear to his father, not to see his father. That is it. There was no mixture. And this is the goal, this is the goal of what we have to do. Not only doing the mitzvah, but also perfecting the mitzvah. He says, many times, we do mitzvahs, somebody will lend money. But the Torah says, you can't take interest. You think you're doing something great. You're doing a mitzvah. No, it has to be perfect. 
That's to be a perfect mitzvah. We can't get any personal gains from the mitzvah. And he continues and he gives other examples of Yosef and others turning the page. He says when the when the uh, Yosef, in last week's parsha, when Yosef recognized his brothers, line five, Rashi says, "Kishanimsru biyado kikirshem achiv." When he, they, he recognized that who they were, they would give it to him. Berichem alim, and he had rachmanus on them. Asher of Chayshvulavis, he had rachmanus, but then he started becoming mean to them. What do you mean he had rachmanus? He started saying, "You're spies." No, the point of Rashi is that he had rachmanus. And everything he did to be able to fulfill the dreams, because he thought it was a prophecy, and get them to do tshuva, whatever the pshat is, it was all the shem shemayim. Yosef was able to act in a way that Yosef was the Yosef atzadik, right? Not too many people in, in uh, the Torah are called Yosef atzadik. He was able to totally make his ritzonos the ratzon of the mitzvah. And that's what happened by Yaakov. He appeared to Yaakov. And that's the whole process of bringing the brothers back. Maybe it was a learning experience. Maybe he wasn't like this when he first started, when he was younger. But right now, this is how Yosef has perfected himself. And it's all about not just doing it, but doing it in a perfect way, doing it with as, as perfect kavana as we can. We should all be zochet to do mitzvos, not only doing them, but doing them in the best way possible and getting back to how we started. Bringing the precedes reality to the actual reality of HaKadosh Baruch being connected to us in an open and revealed way. Okay, we'll stop here.